Hi, Zoe here, and welcome to this next episode where we're going to talk about are they in pain? I wanted to talk about this subject simply because, in my experience, the last 20 or 20 plus years, where I've really began to look at the horse, study them, the psychology, who they are as a species and stuff like that. I've noticed a a change in evolution in the way that I actually train them and thankfully it's for the better. So I would say, and it's really quite a sad number, that probably one out of five horses have some form of pain or other. Now that's not some survey that I've done and you know, it's not professional research. That's just from my own experience and my own views and my own, um, yeah, you know, when I'm working together with my students or I'm just generally looking around at horses, you see pain. And if you study the horse and you learn more about, you know, calming signals, pain responses, stuff like that, of course you're going to see more and sometimes I even ask myself, my gosh, I wish I didn't know what I know because of course you see more and it can become kind of hellish, you know. It also, the trouble with that is that you also kind of second guess yourself, you second guess things, but it doesn't matter because in the end, if we are able to see things in advance, we are able to help the horses sooner, we are able to read them sooner, we are able to make them feel better sooner. So as much of a pain in the backside that is, of course, it's knowledge. And I think that applies to a lot of things. So I wanted to bring this subject up also because of my own experiences recently, where I'm going to share some stories about my Lenny. Lenny is also known as Kalen. His papered name is Barish Dunn. And um, I got him when he was one and a half years old. He was pretty wild out of the markets from Ireland and um, I fell in love with him immediately and to cut a very long story short he came into my life even though I wasn't looking for a horse and pretty much from the age of one and a half up until he was nine he didn't have any health issues other than that we knew he was a toxic predominantly in his right hind leg that means that the messages to the brain from the right hind leg were just like nanoseconds seconds slower And this was quite obvious sometimes and other times not. So that's actually what took me on into the world of the academic art of riding. I wanted to learn more about how to help develop a horse's body and to help them become strong. And it really did make mega improvements to Lenny. I was absolutely blown away. And I'm talking about months. So that was all good. And then in two... I can't remember which year it was. I think it was 2019 or 2018. Um, We got a strangles epidemic at our stables. Now, our stables is humongous. You've heard me talk about that in other podcasts, I hope. Um, It's absolutely beautiful. It's in the middle of nowhere, in the nature. We've got almost 200 horses there. You wouldn't know it because they're just spread out beautifully and live outside. It's it's a lot of horses, but it's really wonderful. But when you get an outbreak of something like that, it is a nightmare because you not only have to isolate horses and find ways to do that, you've also got to get the people under control. So I always, always, always take my hat off to the owner of our stables. He is just amazing how he does that. 
and he doesn't seem to get stressed. He just somehow controls it, even though at times you wouldn't believe how stupid people can actually really be. They take risks with something like that. So on the first day of outbreak, my uh, Lenny, he didn't get the strangles. They, the group was isolated immediately. We have five groups there and that was fine. And then we, after a couple more outbreaks, unfortunately, the, we decided that um, it would be best if the horses were vaccinated against the strangles. So that's what we did. Lo and behold, <laughs> he actually got post-vaccine strangles. Now, this is quite rare. It's, I don't know, it's like one in 200 horses, maybe more, that that happens to. And it was awful. So my poor Lenny, he had to be isolated immediately into a, a, a stable where he was just so sick. For three weeks, his temperature was 40 plus. It was scaring the life out of me. It was the longest three weeks ever. During those three weeks, I think it was like a week and a half, he was then isolated to a field. Now, my horse horses don't go on the the grass simply because the grass is too rich and it just doesn't suit who they are as a species and I can control their diet better when they just get um, a hay and good food with supplements and so he had to go straight out into this field straight onto the very rich grass which in some sense it was fortunate that he couldn't eat it because he literally could not drop his neck they have so much stiffness and I don't doubt a lot of Bane when they have um, the strangles. Fortunately for him, he didn't have any outbreaks on the skin or around the throat area, but he did get an immediate hoof abscess, which I believe was caused by, because of the grass, he got ho- uh, laminitis. In Dutch, we call it hoofbevanger. The horse got laminitis immediately, and it broke out, fortunately, through the frog in his left front hoof. Now, that was fine because the grass was a bit damp and it helped draw that out and he um was also because his temperature was so high for so long we administered codrosol which helps lower the temperature of the horse and i believe also that was the cause of the laminitis so from there on we've been struggling i i i have despite what you see on my social media um yeah, they're, they're, those are the best moments, you know, and not to, to, to fake a, a social media profile, but I'm only going to share my best moments anyway because I don't really feel like sharing my worst moments until, yeah, the way people interact on social media changes. But really, in between all of that, I had troubles with Lenny. I just could not get him back. So after the and you you could compare it a little bit to covid i guess you know the, the covid kind of for some people they get stuck with this I, I think it's called covid lung and for months maybe even years are still weak sick out of breath and stuff like that i wouldn't say that that's what lenny had but i just couldn't get his strength back to where it was and this started to show for example on the paddock where last year in 2022 he took a really horrible kick to his right hind leg the predominant ataxic one where it literally got kicked on the cannon bone and the skin got smashed like a donut and his tendon was exposed so he was on six weeks box rest for that with pressure bandages blah 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 
in the hope that the leg would mend and that there was no tendon damage. He's got quite a scar from that today, but fortunately we've done a load of checks and made sure there's nothing wrong with the scar tissue and stuff like that. But where where um things were difficult for me is like, you know, before he got the strangles, he was always super enthusiastic, everything I did, follow me around, blah, blah, blah. And I started to notice, you know, even in my liberty, and we love doing liberty together, his enthusiasm was slightly less. He would still do everything for me. I, I just adore him for that. And also for himself, but it felt like it was a bit less effort and a little bit less for himself. And he would shut down quite often. Now, for me, as a horse... Uh, professional in the world of horse psychology and working with them as a species this was quite confronting I'm like my gosh what's wrong with you boy so after various osteopathic treatments um we discover yeah he has tensions a little bit sometimes in his sacralic joint which would make sense because of the injury to his right hind and also because of the ataxia no apparent tensions or pain related responses in the shoulders or the neck or the, the saddle area none of that it was just really something's not right so our training would go between you know light to medium work but I could not get him back to the place of you know where I could confidently say okay let's do something really nice and um, you know, maybe into the hour, two-hour regime every single day. I just couldn't do that. Not that I do that often, but it's nice to know that you can. It's a place where, you know, if my horse is super healthy, I know I could, and there would be no repercussions after. So light to medium work. Now, earlier this year, out of the blue, I got a message from one of the girls at the stables. They said they heard a lot of squealing, in the paddocks out back so you can't see the paddocks out back from the the main barn area a lot of squealing so they ran back there to see what on earth was going on and they saw that Lenny was standing in the far far corner and he was just standing there hyperventilating his back was up he was really just gasping for air so they came and myself came to the conclusion via a whatsapp video whatsapp video that he'd been playing, got into a bit of a fight and got winded. So that was that and um, we made sure he was okay. And that was that. And then a couple of weeks later I was riding him in the dunes and, um, you know, we have little places where we love to go up the hills and down the hills and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he just started to hyperventilate. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's having a heart attack. And it really came out of just nothing so I jumped off of him and looked him in the eye and he was just gasping 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 for air I was like oh my gosh what is wrong with you so I waited give him my relaxation whistle told him everything's going to be okay and I'm thinking about okay I'm like three kilometers in dunes I need to reach out to somebody to come and help me to get this horse home if he doesn't get better well lo and behold two or three minutes later he got his breath back gave a blowout and then wanted to eat the grass so I was looking at him like, what just happened, mate? You really lost your breath, and but you're okay about it. And so I got to figuring right there and then, okay, this is something that's been going on for quite a while because he just was not panicked about it, and it's something that I've completely overlooked. 
and he hasn't shown me. And now he's starting to show me, oh my gosh, we've got something seriously going on with his airways. So it was from that day I decided, okay, I'm going to ship him to the hospital, the best hospital we've got, which is in Utrecht, the big um, horse facility. I've got to ship him there, and I do not want this horse to come home until I know exactly what is going on with him. So I went there with um, a couple of questions. One, can we check his right hind leg? Two, the breathing, what is going on there? And four, can we do some blood checks? Anything, you know, just to really rule out what other things that can be going on with him so of course the first thing they wanted to do was an endoscopy and we went in and much to all of our surprise he had what we call in Dutch a coronage so the epiglotti um, on one side was frozen complete on the left it was a left-sided um, coronage where the, it's frozen so what happens is they can't get a, a full intake of air you could say in dummy terms that Lenny was running on 40 to 60 percent oxygen and not a hundred percent oxygen and especially when we did longer periods of trot and canter he literally was gasping for air so and it was a stage four now in English we would call them roarers because um, when a horse has a, a stage four epiglotti uh, frozen throat basically you can hear them roar even in standstill it's very obviously noticeable that they have a breathing problem and my Lenny didn't have any of that it just was exposed to me in exuberant work so I was really shocked and we made the decision there and then that he would come back in two weeks to have what's called a tie back surgery so they literally tie back the airways and then they can breathe properly again incredibly um worrying time but the nice thing is about this surgery is that you can they can do it today with the horse standing where in the past I believe only three or four or five years ago they would actually have to fully anesthetize the horse have the horse on the table which in itself can be dangerous and cause problems to the horse's body Um, and then do the procedure but now they could do it standing so I was super happy with that we booked him in he had surgery and for 10 whole days we made the decision that I would not visit him. Basically because, of course, when he sees me, he's going to want to neigh at me. And the voice box had to really rest. His airways really had to rest. So I made the absolute decision, okay, for 10 days, he's in the absolute best care in the world, but in a 5 by 5 stable, love and care all day long with observation, um, 24-hour ops and stuff like that. So I could do it. And um, after the 10 days, it, it actually went quite quickly. I was quite surprised when I visited him. Oh, the look in his face was just so different and so overwhelming. I got quite emotional. I could get emotional now. It was in that moment I could see, oh, my gosh, you have been struggling with this for a long time and the memory of his face when I left him to the mem- to now seeing his face there right in front of me I can't explain it other than that he just looked brighter his eyes were vibrant and he was just super happy and then when it was time to take him to his rehabilitation center because he had to go somewhere else for a further five weeks to just rest his throat and rest his vocal box and rest 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 he could not walk faster to the trailer. He could not get in the trailer fast enough. He could not 
walk from the trailer to his next home for the next five six weeks faster and I realized then oh my gosh he's been walking next to me super slow and I have to ask him to walk all of these little things started to add up and I was like oh my gosh I'm so happy about this so he stayed at a rehabilitation center two hours from my home up north uh, where they took good care of him and he could go in a paddock every day but the main thing is that he's not at home calling for his friends because that is just what he would do and um so that was why I had that decision and I visited him there once a week and it was really great and then after six weeks got him home and I could put, pop him straight back into work, light to medium work and we started to have some fun again and I just love the feeling and energy I got from him. But there was still something not quite right and... um up until two weeks ago we're now October of 2023 I decided to get a a third opinion actually uh, about his body so I contacted this vet who I'm really admire and heard lots of good things about and he works a lot on his intuition and is all about the movement of the horse and indeed after two two or so hours of research we came to the conclusion that he had very slight pain in his left stifle so it was there we then decided that I would take Lenny to his place and we would do more research and really just try and pinpoint where this pain was coming from and we lo and behold we found and discovered via using a movement app, x-rays and an ultrasound that he has the very beginnings of osteoarthritis in his knee. The very beginning. So I'm so glad that I took that horse, went out my way. We're talking spending hours in the trailer <laughs> to do this um, to, to help find out what exactly is going on. Now, I was, of course, gutted when he told me I was like oh man this is another thing we've had enough this year even the last few years actually really but then I told myself hey you know what it is and if this is the final message that Lenny's been giving you where he's saying I'm not right mama I need help then let this be it so we decided there and then to give a cortisol injection into the joint and he needs a further two weeks rest so that night I brought him home two hours drive home and we put him in a box and of course it's too stressful he is used to living outside with his buddies and when they go to the back to the sand area where he can't see them no more it causes immense stress and to be honest when I arrived the next morning his stole was just a complete mess and all he's done in there is twist and turn but I do know that when he's in a stall, a stable, at another location, he's quite relaxed. He doesn't give a damn and he knows that the hay's coming and he's got a routine and he's going to be let out and stuff like that. So I'm putting a paddock and taking for walks and stuff like that. So I decided to take him back to the rehabilitation centre where he's going to stay for two and a half weeks. And that's where I'm actually at now. We're in near the end of week one uh, where he's getting complete rest both mentally and physically and there's they have already begun the hand walking and then it's the 30th of October today and then on the 16th of November I believe he is going to be assessed again by this brilliant vet and we can then start to make a training program for him 
and this of course also depends on the uh, result of his rest so I'm super excited for him because of course <laughs> we can begin we can begin but I'm super happy I listened to him so the main message behind this really my sharing you mine and Lenny's story because to be honest I kept it well away from social media I love to share stuff on social media, but for me, I just get tired of unsolicited feedback, even though I've even asked for it in my posts. Please don't offer unsolicited feedback. It still comes in volumes. If I was to show you my messenger inbox, you'd be shocked. And I just can't be bothered with that. It sounds awful, and I am kind of a micro-influencer, and, you know, it is my job to be visible on social media. I just really made the decision not to do that. But I thought, hey, I could do a podcast about it, you know, because it's still sharing his story in order to help people. Now, it's not to say going out worrying about your horse if you think, oh my gosh, is it in pain? It, it did this before, but it's not doing that now and blah, blah, blah. It's not to say you'd be doing that, but really over time, pay attention and really look them in the eye. And if you have any, any doubt, just any doubt, get a professional who is specialized in that subject to look at your horse. That's all it takes. Sometimes they find nothing but pretty much what I've discovered now through my experience, they're going to find something. Remember the saying, if you look at any horse long enough, you can make them look lame. We don't want to fall in that category, but indeed it's worth a couple of hundred euros to get your horse checked and just to be sure. Then, oh, does it feel better if you have asked for professional help and your horse did indeed have something going on you may well have caught it early enough where it can you know be resolved or given treatment so that the horse could continue a pain-free life rather than leaving it way too late because if I hadn't done what I'd done with Lenny there's a chance now over this winter that he would just turn up lame and now we're really into a, a place where oh my gosh now could could it recover or could he return back to you know a normal life especially a life where he's my partner and we have lots of fun together so that's that's pretty much all I wanted to say really um use your professionals for their help that's what they're there for whether it's a, a blacksmith a trimmer a vet an osteopath a chiropractor a body worker most importantly your veterinarian Anything really where you can ask them a question and just get those answers. It's all in the benefit for your horse to lead a much healthier and happier life. So I'm really grateful. Horses are always giving us lessons. My Lenny gave me some beautiful lessons and reminders again this year to really listen. And if you're not sure, to seek professional help. So thanks for listening and I hope you're going to tune in again next week. Every Friday we have a new episode and um, I'm really grateful that you listen to our story and I hope you're having a great day or evening wherever you are. You have been listening to Zoe's Horse Bites podcast. Powered by Get Good With Horses courses and online training academy by Zoe Code.